Okay, warning, y'all. Yes. Not a lot of news this week. <laughs> yes, up front, we're going to tell you there's not a lot of news, but there's a lot of fun and a lot of joy and a lot of friendship. And a lot here. of gayness because it's pride. Yes, happy pride to you all happy if pride. you're listening, if you're you know, in the queer community, or if you're just an ally. I assume if you're a hater, you wouldn't be listening to a show called Two Gay Mads, right? Maybe they're listening because they just want to be furious. They like oh. the, the adrenaline they get from listening to a couple of homosexuals you know scream about Olivia Rodrigo. We still get paid for hate listens, so thank you for being here as well. Well, yes, I appreciate uh, you it. can go to www.patreon.com yes. slash 2 mats to support us haters so I, you can watch a bunch of bonus material and be furious. Could you, I wonder if there are people who out there like hate subscribing to a Patreon. <laughs> That'd be very funny. I would love that. I mean, you'd have to be very rich to do that. Yeah. But it's like, that costs money. They, yeah, but hey, they're committed in their hatred. And <laughs> you know how rich people are bored. They'll spend their money on <laughs> that anything. That is very true. Yeah, if so you're rich and bored and hate us. Patreon.com slash 2 mats is the place for you. We love bored, rich, homophobes. Yes! <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another 2 Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. Guys, June is busting out all over. It really is. I love the, 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 the tens. Ah. Iconic. I love. Is that a song? Oh. <laughs> June is busting out all over, and le- the Leslie Uggams video of her like messing up the lyrics. Oh, you know, iconic. It sounds iconic for sure. The fact that we've been doing two gay mats for ten years, <laughs> and I've not instilled this knowledge on you, is just embarrassing, and it's my fault. That's okay. I again forgive you. <laughs> you know what? That's my goal for the next ten years is to get that in your system I and in your you memory. Can do it. It's fine, Matt Palmer. How was your week? My week was good. good. Um, I recovered from my sickness. Remember, I was sick last week, but I'm feeling my better now and uh, this weekend was very good on Friday I went and saw The Little Mermaid with uh, Jackson and my friends Joe and Tim we'll be talking about it a bit later okay uh, and I also on Saturday you know had more theater elite moments and I went and saw Six at the Pantages which was super super fun uh, it was and if you haven't seen Six we have a patron requested review of the cast recording and the show is pretty much that like it's concert style they interact with one another on stage but I wouldn't say there's like a story per se. It's more all of uh, Henry VIII's um, former wives discussing how their marriage went with Henry and um, just trying to be like, okay, which one of us had it the roughest and like audience gets to vote, but then things change at the end. I won't spoil for you, but they all come together. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I didn't know like the audience like votes. They don't really, but like that's like the pitch of the show is like you guys listen to all these stories and see which one of us had it the worst, but then the last um, wife is like, is this what we should be Who would you have voted for? Which wife had it the rough? Roughest. I mean, I think probably one of the two that were beheaded. Okay. <laughs> I think they really got beheaded. So to me, that does seem bad. Yeah. Um, but it seems like a tough life for all of them, you know? Sure. Oh, God. Like hundreds of years ago, it was a tough life for everybody. It really was. Well, there was one. The, I think a very funny song and moment is uh, the one girl who sings Get Down. Who's, her life was like, oh, I got sent away because, you know, um, Holbein painted me more beautiful than I actually am. And Henry sent me away to live in a castle and do whatever I wanted with a bunch of money. And so I, mean, I was like... That sounds great. Is that not the dream? <laughs> that lo- literally is the dream. And so I loved that for her. But everyone else's stories were pretty tough. 
But yeah. it's a great show. It's very like if you love pop music or if you love, you know, Henry VIII and the story of his six wives, then this could be something for you. <laughs> if you love Henry VIII. If you love Henry VIII, <laughs> then I have the musical for you. That's the thing I do like about Six a lot is like you can tell that the people who wrote it, the two uh, the two writers who wrote it, really love both pop music and musical theater. Absolutely. Like it's, it's like a Lin-Manuel Miranda situation where it's like you can tell they have such reverence for both mediums. Absolutely. And so it really works really well. It's not like a musical theater writer trying to write pop right. music or worse, <laughs> a, a pop writer trying trying to write musical theater. Have you ever... Which, which actually does occasionally work. I, I was going to say, have you, have you ever seen a show where a pop writer wrote the music for it and you were like, this does not work because you are not following the rules of musical uh, theater? Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, the rules of musical theater, like, kind of go out the window if the shit is great. Yeah, <laughs> like, if, yeah, as long true. as the song slaps and the story is compelling, like, yes. you can do whatever you want. Like, these rules, like, can be broken at yeah, any time. Those rules aren't real. As with any sort of art form. But, I mean, like, yeah, I shouldn't say, like, you know, Elton John writes great musical theater yes. and all that stuff. And, and and I mean, I mean, the, the two guys from ABBA wrote chess, ladies oh. and gentlemen. So we love chess here at Two Game Ads, or I love chess here at Two Game Ads. <laughs> Don't understand anything that's happening in chess, but I just know I love it. And I moved. Interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, I loved Tony Braxton and Aida. And that's Elton John wrote that, right? Yeah, he did. Right. I was about I was about to be like, what musical did Tony Braxton write? She did not write it, but man, I saw her perform it in New York back in the day, and I was like, yes, I can't hear a, a consonant. No. <laughs> I love it. But those tones, man. Those the tones. They must have lowered every song for her. Oh, sure, of Excellent. course. Excellent. It's like when she was Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Right. Suddenly just like, oh, Belle is now a, a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's beyond alto. It's fully tenor. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah. Matt Steele, mm-hmm. how was your week? Oh, you know, I'm also in the process of recovering. Yeah. Because baby girl had surgery on her hands I this know. week. We can see. If you're looking at this, you can see it. His hand is wrapped up. It's true. I'm hand modeling for you. Here's the front. Beautiful Here's work. The back. Thank you. And Welcome. unfortunately, it is my left hand, which is my dominant hand, because, mm. you know, I'm left-handed. That's because you're so creative. I'm so special. I'm so very special. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, months ago, I told you all that I went to the doctor because there was a lump on my hand, and my primary care physician was like, this is a ganglion cyst. Right. And so I was like, okay. So then I, I got referred to an orthopedist. Mm. The orthopedist was like, this isn't a ganglion cyst. I don't know what this is, but this is an epidermal. This looks like an epidermal inclusion, which is kind of essentially like a cyst where like you, like a piece of skin gets inside your skin and mm. it keeps growing or whatever. Okay. And so I finally got it cut out on Friday and, you know, it was, it was a very exciting experience. That <laughs> you I, keep describing it as exciting, which I find surprising. I, like, would, ra- I would rather have done this than go to work. Okay, sure. Like, because it, it was something new and fresh. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if, like, getting a surgery on your hand is <laughs> new and fresh, but I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, so, you know, the doctor, like, you know, numbed me up and everything. Yeah. And then I went into the room. I laid down on my back. And they put the stuff on me and washed me down and all this stuff. And, and I was, like, you know, fully awake. Yes. And, and I knew what was happening. And... Uh, uh, they wrapped the uh, elastic thing around my hand to like stop the blood flow. Like mm. they wrapped it around my arm, which was yeah. honestly the most painful part. Really? Because my arms are really hairy. Oh, so are. like anytime like something is put on my arm that can be sticky, I'm fucked. Like mm. those like, you know, the, when you go to an event and those like uh, the wristbands yes. that like stick on you. Always the worst experience oh, no. in my life. Uh, but yeah, so that was the most painful part of it. Um, and so he cuts me open and... and the way I knew the doctor had me cut open at this point was because immediately he looked at it and he goes, oh, 
this isn't an epidermal inclusion at all. What? Oh my, <laughs> what an the, awful thing to hear. I, and the last thing you want to hear when you're being cut open yes. is, is, oh, this isn't going as I expected it to be going. What is it? And so he looks at it, he's like, I don't know what this is. Jesus and, Christ. And he was like, it's kind of like bluish and pinkish and, and purplish in, in color. And I was like, well, yeah, you could kind of see that through my hand. And so he was like, this looks like a, a hemangioma, which is essentially a benign tumor of like blood vessels. Okay. And so, you know, he's like, you know, working away. And it was a small, lightly, it was a you know, fairly uh, quick procedure. Okay. It was probably like 12 minutes. Okay, that's He not was bad. digging in me. And and so, um, and I didn't feel anything. I was going to say. Uh, I did, like, probably like seven minutes in, start to feel like, just like someone tugging, like, in the insides, which is not a sensation anyone wants to feel. Did you say anything to him? Or no, you... I just kept my cool. Wow. I was just like... You know, it didn't hurt. It okay. just I just sort of felt like tugging of things that have never been tugged before. <laughs> and so I, I, but I was happy like... Happy pride. <laughs> I was happy pride. And so I was like, I'm just not going to pay attention to this. It's going to be over soon. And so then they were, they were like stitching me up and everything. And, and he showed me like what it was. He was like, this is what it was. And it was a tiny little ball of... It was like purplish. Like it looked like a little ball of jelly kind uh-huh. of. It was, it was purple for pride. <laughs> and and I immediately I just screamed, she's cuter than I imagined. Oh my God. I was like, she's real tiny. And he's like, yeah, it's tinier than I thought it would be too. And I was like, okay, great. So they're going to go have that tested to make sure I don't have anything weird. Right. And uh, yeah, it was real fun. And so <sighs> now I'm just like learning how to live life with just my right hand, Are, which yeah, is not you, easy. Have you had to like write or like do things with the right hand that you're not used to doing? I don't do anything with my right hand. So everything is something you're not <laughs> Every, used to doing. Everything is a challenge. Uh, I do, I can like lightly hold a pen. So I was at work today and okay. I was able to like write a little bit. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like brushing your teeth with your right hand is a challenge, and mm. getting in the shower, I've put the bag over my yeah, arm Jackson and had like, that. and I had to like lift it above my head and like doing this is what my hair looks like when I do it with one hand and honestly it's kind of a slay it looks good I should do my hair with one hand like more often because it's really working right uh, and yeah so that's just sort of my life at this moment I can start getting my hand wet on Tuesday which okay. I'm excited for when do you take the wrap off uh, I don't know mm, okay I, I imagine for, I'll have it on for like a little while okay uh, even like if I can get it wet, I'll still like rewrap it up and everything. Right. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what it looks like. And I'm excited to see how big the incision was because mm. I really can't tell. I don't know. I, I hope, it, I hope a... it's teeny tiny. I hope so too. I, the thing is, I don't think it's going to be something where you're going to like look at your hand and see like a giant scar or anything. It's sure. just like a little bit of a line. Like, like I, I like ordered my Mederma for, no. to, to get see if, to try to get the scar to fade and everything. But it's also, it's, it's your hand. Like it's not like you're a hand model. It'll be fine. Uh, I mean like, that does take me out of the running for a lot of commercial work. <laughs> so, so what? They can put makeup on a hand. I mean, uh, it up. yeah, but uh, I mean, they uh, like for commercial auditions, they tell you like turn to both sides and then show your hands. Why hands specifically? I, in case Just you're, you're in like case holding you a to, product. Like, espe- yeah, especially if you're like holding like a burger or something. Oh. They want to see, make sure there are no scars on your hand. Which, oh. but girl, you think I've ever booked commercials anyway? I booked one commercial. Oh, sorry, two in my LA career. Yes. One was to be a leprechaun in a PS4 commercial. Oh, I remember that commercial. Yeah, and I was real good at yeah. it, but it didn't get released and so I didn't get footage of it. And then another one was the commercial that I booked SAG, like I uh, joined SAG for, which yeah. was a Febreze commercial. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't foresee myself being a hugely successful commercial actor anytime soon with these stitches in my hands, but we'll see. I think it could happen. I think they might want someone a little different. 
and a little edgy a little edgy yeah, yeah you just got into a fight a bar fight what yeah. can you do yeah this is my mask era exactly i think we're both starting our mask era stirring pride this year which yeah. i think is really beautiful yeah i have scars on my hands yeah i could be a mechanic i know you're working yeah. out with your hands with my hands with your hands yes Okay, so should we jump into the news for idiots? Must we? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be about two minutes, so everyone buckle up. There's okay. not a lot of news this week, but you know what? I think our friendship is going to take us to the end of the podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? And, and yeah, yeah, we can kind of vamp with each other. We can vamp for sure. Um, Samantha is going to be back for one scene only in Sex and the City in the uh, season two of And Just Like That. It has been announced by Variety that Kim Cattrall will reprise her iconic role as Samantha Jones in the season two finale of And Just Like That. Uh, Max's revival of Sex in the City. It's only a cameo. She shot it, I believe, um, with the... I need to look up the lady's name, but it's with the uh, fashion designer who worked on... Or, stylist who worked on Sex and the City and did not get hired to work on it just like that. Um, the scene is her on the phone, I assume, with Carrie. She is not shot with any of her former castmates. No Sarah Jessica Parker or the other two. <laughs> she, <laughs> she also did not interact even with the showrunner, Michael Patrick King. She's wow. like, I don't want to be around him either. And I'm excited for all of the people that could stomach that show to get this because I feel like that's obviously a big missing piece of what and just like that could be for people. But I also am excited mostly about the fact that she just posted a screenshot of this article on her Instagram and said, happy pride rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I love that she's doing it for the gays. You can literally post anything on your social media and just write happy pride. And the gays would be like, yes, yes. I get it. I mean, it um, was announced June 1st. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I, I want to know how much she's getting paid. It's for got this. to be buckets and Buckets of money. Good for her. For like 30 minutes of work. Why? That should be us. Yeah. Like, what is this cameo going to be? Is it going to be like a, a two liner? Is it, I, or, I is it or is it going to be like an extensive, deep character cameo? Like my work in Dahmer. I, <laughs> a I hefty two minutes. I honestly think it could be Dahmer length. I think okay. you and she would have done a similar amount of work, except. You were interacting with someone else on set. She, I believe, is just going to be on the phone in a park. Okay. Like, so I think it's going to be Dahmer length. And who knows? I assume she'll get more than a little more than you got for Dahmer. Not no shade. Yeah, no shade. But I foresee that for her. Okay. Uh, right. The question is, is she getting an Emmy nomination? That would be wild. Could you imagine? I would love it if it was like a two minute scene of her, of just like the most Emmy worthy work, like <laughs> tears, <laughs> screaming, throwing up, laughing, like every. Everything there, and it, it could be. I mean, Hermione Baddeley got nominated for an Oscar for supporting actress for uh, a room at the top. Uh, for like, oh god, it's like two minutes of screen time, wow, like barely. Well, if it happens, I will be most excited for her avoiding her former castmates and former showrunners at the Emmy. Like, that's the part two we need of this feud. So I, you know, will likely not be watching this season of Just Like That, but I will be watching that scene just to see how weirdly cut together it is. And I can't wait. It's going to be made. The lighting is going to be completely different from the rest of the movie. Absolutely, it will. Because it'll, it'll like, it, it probably have been recorded like three months prior. <laughs> right. A whole different crew. Can't wait. I love it. Can't wait. Um, in other news, there are Ezra Miller updates. You know, our favorite updates from this uh, person who... Was essentially on a crime spree, lest we forget, but he's still starring in The Flash, which is coming out, I assume, soon. Um, and it has been announced that if there's a potential, if there's a sequel to The Flash, Ezra Miller will not be recast, despite the fact that he has, you know, been 
on a crime run. <laughs> They're going to continue. They've really put 10 toes down for Ezra and, you know, a choice. And Ezra also won't be doing any promotion for The Flash. They will appear uh, at the world premiere for photo ops. There'll be no interviewing. There'll be no magazine articles. Essentially, they don't want um, to uh, distract from the film itself. But to me, it's not like if you cannot, like, I don't know. For me, it's like, why go see this movie if you know that this person is like truly a menace to society. Like, I get it. You're a Marvel head. You want to see all of the different iterations of Marvel things. Or is this DC? Who the fuck knows? It's DC. Great. <laughs> I think. So there aren't DC. I guess there are DC. Yes, heads, but there, there are, are like DC There heads. are like eight of them. All those movies flop and are really bad, right? So <laughs> I know the Batmans do well. The Batman. Are this, did they, oh, yeah. You like that latest oh, Batman. The most recent right? Batman I thought was excellent. Great. Yeah. I was thinking more of like Justice League kind of stuff. Sure. Okay. Like people didn't like that. Um, but I. I just, I just can't imagine that his, their performance in this film is so good that it requires all of this. I you mean, know? I mean, also, guys, there's going to be so many more Flash movies. Like, you can see the other ones, <laughs> you know? But the great thing about this is, is we need a new person for the Flash now yes. because the Flash is, I guess, slightly queer. And <laughs> I now have battle wounds, proven battle oh. wounds. So, like, don't you want to Flash with some scars on his hands? <laughs> To show like, oh, he's been really punching him out. I guess flashily. the only way this will happen is if the Flash underperforms with Ezra Miller. Because if it does very well, there's no way they're recasting them then. But if it does poorly, you could slide right in. Yeah. Hello? How do I do that? And I don't foresee you going on a crime spree either. Which I, I think is um, another pro. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I wouldn't want to put you in a corner. I'm still very young. Yeah. Uh, uh, who knows like if I could like enter a new era of my life where I suddenly become furious at everyone. <laughs> Uh, you, you never know. Oh, you never know. Matt Steele for the Flash, and Matt, we're saying in the live chat. We're I am rooting the, for it. Listen, I am. It, who is the flashiest person you know? <laughs> Me. I, I don't think that's what the Flash is about. I think the Flash is just like really fast. Well, it's we'll make like it about being that. flashy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for your reboot of the Flash and yeah. whatever it's going to Ooh, be. Ooh, the DC heads will hate it. Well. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Um, but good news for Marvel, folks. The Across the Spider-Verse uh, film, which is the sequel to the first Spider-Verse movie, uh, has gotten a $120 million domestic box office debut, landing the second biggest opening weekend of the year, I believe, behind the Super Mario Brothers movie. It... Uh, has overperformed in so many ways. Apparently, there was this is beyond expectations, truly. And I loved that first part of the first movie so mm. much. Did you ever see it? I never saw it. I, no, saw I it. hear it's brilliant, it's though. It's brilliant. The animation is so cool. The story is so amazing. And then our uh, friends in the Discord, Jeff and Jordan, both are like, it's better than the first one. Damn. And so I'm just like, fuck, I guess I have to see it. It was one of my first dates with Jackson, actually, was going to see that first Spider-Verse movie. Oh. And I remember the whole time being like, oh, he won't hold my hand. <laughs> I was very like ready to be handheld about Because he was focusing on the cinema. I guess, but like he should be focused on me. <laughs> His new person he's dating. Well, I mean, you can't like, listen, listen. <laughs> yes. Gotta let the, the, the fans have their time yes. watching what's in front of them. Yes. And then he can focus on you. All right. Afterwards. I mean, I guess it worked out. He wants fine. to put all his focus on you. Right. So like, if he like only puts 50% focus on you while he's 50% and, like distracted mm. like how would you feel about that I feel great <laughs> I'd feel great but uh, it all worked oh, out with you're Jackson. like Dorothy Loud and you'd rather have 50% of him or any percent of him than all of anyone else at all 
And that's from a musical? It's from a musical called uh, Ballroom. Great. Brilliant song. I love ballrooms. <laughs> They're so pretty. Uh, yes, so Across the Spider-Verse did very well. Great news for people who love animation. Great news who, for people who love a black Spider-Man because Miles Morales is a black. I think he's uh, Afro-Latino if yeah. I'm not uh, in, mistaken. And there was also announced, I believe, that there's going to be a live action Miles Morales in the Spider-Man universe in some way. Also was announced that there's going to be another Tom Holland Zendaya Spider-Man, which I was surprised by because they usually do these things in trilogies, right? But now we're going on number thousand Spider-Man's happening, sim- happening simultaneously. I can be the fucking Flash. I know. With a with a with one hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with a non-dominant hand. Right. I'm just running around just like I'm not I don't know how to use this hand. <laughs> I, that'll be a great film. I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> it would that. actually be really funny. Um and right after there was a whole hullabaloo about Al Pacino being, you know, hot when he was younger. It has been announced that Al Pacino's girlfriend is 8 months pregnant. Al Pacino is 82. And his girlfriend, Alfala, is 29. They're expecting their first child together. Um, Pacino is a father of three children already, 22-year-old twins, Olivia Pacino and Anton James Pacino. Um, And then Julie Pacino, 33. I just am like, 82. I mean, hey, it works. (laughs) If it works, it works. I mean. And and Robert De Niro is also having a baby as well. And he's 74. And one of them, I think, is asking for a paternity test. I think it's Pacino. I think he was like, I didn't think you were able to have kids at this age with me being 82. But hey, learn the hard way, babe. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I mean, 82, having a baby, that means when that kid is, you know, going off to college... He's triple digits. Yes. Or uh, yes. Six feet under. Yes. And that's very unfortunate. However, like Al Pacino, even when if Al Pacino cannot provide in young father terms in, in energy and everything, like Al Pacino will be able to provide monetarily. Sure. The, but this, like this child will have a good life. Sure. But kids need more than that. Of Ask, course. Kids need more than that. We need to look into but, how those Nick Cannon kids are doing. Sure. With the enough uh, money they have. Al Pacino has more money than Nick Cannon. Absolutely. He does. And fewer <laughs> and children. And fewer children. So, yes. I understand. But yeah. I just am like becoming a father at that age and also like the age gap between he and his girlfriend is a little weird. I get that 29 is not 19. She's a full-fledged adult so she can make her own decisions. But like I don't know. I even for all the money in the world, I don't see myself dating an eighty-two year old. Listen, well, it's pride, baby. Love is love. <laughs> I don't know. If love I'm, is love. And I, if there's anyone who is like charismatic enough, like like it's Al Pacino. Sure. Like, come on. Listen, it makes it just makes me uncomfortable. It's, and I, I, how long have they been together? Have they been I don't together know. for a while? I don't. I don't have their relationship timeline in front of me, and I'm sure they know, love each other. If, if everyone's happy, if the possible paternity test request does not upset her. Then great, but like I just I feel for the kid, and I hope that young man or woman, when they become a young man or woman, has all the support they need because their father will be, yeah, in a different place in life yes. or, or not life. Yes, of yes. course. Okay. I I imagine there will there is a big community around this child. Yes, and there will be support. Yes, you know, and also if later in life Al Pacino is no longer with us. This this girl's gorgeous and and rich right. now because she is married to Al Pacino, and so she'll be able to find a wonderful stepfather sure. for the child. Like I I I, I think it, I think it's odd that you don't find this as dark as I do. I'm I like worried think, about this. You know what? Live live and let live, baby. <laughs> oh no, man. I'm, I listen, don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm on painkillers. Okay? That's true. <laughs> He's perked up. <laughs> I know. I, I I'm actually not, mm. but. uh but uh, I, I think I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. 
Okay. I'm optimistic. I think that's beautiful. It's yeah. good to be. It's optimism is a beautiful thing. And listen, at the end of the day, I got to pay my own damn bills. <laughs> I can't waste my time worrying about Al Pacino's kid. That's going to be fine. Fine. That kid. It's going to be okay. I, you know what? Taika Waititi said something that I think we all need to pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> Taika Waititi knows he'll be obsolete in decades. Quote, unquote, no one remembers who directed Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this. I feel like there's so many people, famous or otherwise, that are concerned with the legacy they're going to leave. And as much as you want to be a good person and leave things behind that like your possible kids and grandkids can like be like proud of who you were, I think this is a refreshing point of view that I'd like to read out loud because we have time. What Go else are we it. talking about? I'm 47, Taika says. My God, take the pressure off. People are so obsessed with likes and leaving behind a legacy, being remembered. Here's the thing. No one's going to remember us. <laughs> What's the name of the director of Casablanca? Arguably one of the greatest films of all time. No one knows his name. How the fuck do I expect be remembered so who cares let's just live make some movies they'll be obsolete and irrelevant and, and irrelevant in 15 or 20 years and so will i and then i'll die and someone else can do it i think that is a great way to look at life for sure like I, like and you know people were getting upset because they're like of course everyone knows michael curtis and everything it's like well film fans right. know michael curtis directed casablanca and everything but that's not the like majority of society it's really okay not. like you just have to acknowledge that like not everyone is is as into film as me or <laughs> right. even Taika or like right. the film fans out there who are getting really really defensive about this. It, it was an off like a casual like let's not take it so seriously. Yeah. Like, Alexander Hamilton was like so worried about his legacy and he he died violently. <laughs> Yes, he did. We saw that, and you know, he did leave a good legacy. But like, like, but uh, if we're being honest, I wasn't thinking about him before the musical. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, because you're not a history buff. I'm not a history buff, and history buffs were just like, what do you mean you're not thinking about Alexander Hamilton 24 seven? It's like everyone on that stage at 1776. Wasn't thinking about them before, during, or after that show. Oh, like <laughs> not uh, once. All all these like people making remixes and everything. Like I'm not thinking about them, <laughs> but they are meaningful to you. Absolutely, they are. So like Hex you know. Hector, David Morales. Sure, I'm know. sure they're wonderful people, Absolutely. and I'm I'm glad that they left a legacy for the music fans, yes. just as Michael Curtis left a legacy for the the film fans. Right. And everything. But like in the grand scheme of things, he's just telling you to chill, yeah. to enjoy life. Right. And to not stress so much about little things like Al Pacino having a baby. <laughs> well, that's going to worry me because it's weird. Um, I just have to talk. We'll talk about The Little Mermaid probably a little bit more later. But I just want to say that this New York Times article that the pull quote is, this is like critical of The Little Mermaid for XYZ reasons. It says what's missing. The list is joy, fun, mystery, risk, flavor. All fine. I disagree, but all fine. The last word used into what's missing in the new Little Mermaid. What word do you think it is? Just take a guess. Um, I can't possibly imagine. It's the word kink. Huh. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? I read shit from the New York Times. I, I don't have the New York Times, so I can't actually read the articles. But like the parts I read, I'm just like, what is going on over there? Well, uh, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Like kink in what? Like, how how was there kink in the original? That's a great question. And the question on all of our minds. Sure. What are we talking about? I mean, is this the film that people say they, they can look in the clouds and see a dick or something? Oh, in the castle in or the whatever. castle, maybe that's or there. Or like you can see like the chef's like has a boner or something like but that. But like, like, guys, guys, 
It's and, a kids movie, and you guys are all being really weird about it. And okay, yes, on the live chat, we were talking about like how her the water exploding behind her for part of your world can be a metaphor for an orgasm. But I missed that. <laughs> I wasn't talking about I, that. I don't necessarily like think it was made for that reason. Right. But like, it is kind of funny to talk about. Um, well, on that point, that shot is still in the new one. <laughs> I, yeah. So hey, kinky. I don't want that. <laughs> Wait, I, so what did this article say? Like, I, I, don't have the new, I don't have New York Times. Oh, I'm not reading this I'm not shit. reading it. Yeah, I'm not go, going to I just saw the pull quote and the picture and was like, huh? Wow. You're really talking about a children's movie in this way? Oh, God. Maybe the scary people are right and the media is trying to indoctrinate the children. <laughs> they want they want kink in The Little Mermaid? I mean, they, they first no kink at Pride and now this? No <laughs> kink in The Little Mermaid. No kink at Pride, all kink in animated movies true I'm rich in the chat says defund the New York Times and I have to say I agree <laughs> what is going on that's over a little there? rough it's wild it's wild days Matt Steele yeah do you have any other news for idiots you want to share with the people no, no. I listen guys my hand is throbbing oh <laughs> and so I can't think of anything that's important in my life other than putting getting popping another ibuprofen okay well I hope that works for you and we're gonna take a quick break and be back with more two gay mats the podcast we're back we're back give the ad oh the ad is if you're listening to this if you enjoy two gay mats and enjoy the podcast and want as many people to hear it or see it as possible please go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, leave us five stars, and on Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave a five-star review. It helps us so much with the algorithms in both of those apps. We love doing this podcast, and we'd love if more people could hear it. So do your part. Give us five stars. Guys, please. I have a hemangioma. <laughs> yes. And no other star amounts are acceptable. No. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. So we are on to email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. Two is spelled T-W-O. Yes. So we have two questions this week. They were from the back burner from last week. Yay. Uh, so this question comes from Theo. Theo says, email my heart. Dating advice? New to the apps? Oh, hi, Theo. Hi, Matt S. and Matt P. My question is, I'm beginning to think I am ready to date again, but I'm wondering where to start. I would love to believe you can meet people organically, but working from home makes that more challenging. So I think I am turning to the apps. From what I hear, it's a lot of small talk, ghosting, and frankly, doesn't seem that fun at all. I'm wondering what your experiences on the apps have been. If you have any advice and how to make it fun, I find dating so stressful. Best Theo. Theo, don't be stressed because you're an icon, you're a legend. Absolutely. I I love dating. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I've been on apps like, you know, like Hinge and Tinder and like OkCupid back in the day. Um, you know, since 2011. Right. Um, and it's how I, you know, mostly date. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I really enjoy it. Yeah, you will get instances of like ghosting or like guys who like you know, chat with you and it's like, you're totally not interested. Why are you wasting my right. time? You're going to get a ton of that. And that's why my advice is very much don't take it too seriously. Like sort of, I always see it as an opportunity to like make a new friend. Mm. Maybe like that's how I go into everything regarding like dating and the apps and everything just because it's like oh it, sometimes it's just nice to have a conversation right and sometimes if you do end up meeting that person it's just nice to meet someone and right to get to know someone new and everything so so don't like take it too seriously and then you know when people ghost or don't respond or or are kind of annoying like you're just like eh whatever let it roll off your back right um, and I, yeah I agree I think it's about not putting so much pressure on yourself yeah. like I'm not I remember when I was doing app dating, um, I would always be like, okay, if I have not met this person in real life, then like they don't 
count. <laughs> like they're not, I'm not dating them. I, they have no obligation to me. I have no obligation to them and I cannot get attached. Cause I was the kind of person, you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a, grew up listening to Mariah Carey. We love love, but sure. we cannot fall in love with people in the phone. <laughs> you no. have to fall in love with people in real life. Yeah. And so I agree. Thinking of it as like, I'm going to meet a new person. We'll see where it goes. That's exciting. And I don't know if this is helpful or hurtful. Meeting people in real life is the people are as bad as you would meet in uh, on an app. Yes. Like I have gone on dates from people I've met in real life and they were, you know, some of the people who've done some of the weirdest stuff to me. Like, <laughs> you know, that I, I have a story, but I'll share it later. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can meet people in real life and that doesn't mean that it's a more legitimate connection. We kind of have this like beautiful thought. They're like, oh, if we meet in real life, they're going to behave X, Y, Z way. And it's like, no, people are kind of behaving this way in dating no matter how the meeting happens. Yeah. So I think there's nothing wrong with being on an app. At first, just like all you can do is go on for as much time as you want to in a day. Don't overdo it. Don't underdo it. Yeah. Have fun conversations. Set up dates and like try to have as much fun with it as you can. Yeah. I yeah, definitely don't get too attached to anyone you're talking to, especially because there are some people who are dynamite via like text or messaging huh. and then you meet them in real life and you're just like oh you're so boring <laughs> like you you are right. all just all written wit and yes. nothing else and then there are people who are also not so like interesting like when you're chatting with them right but then you meet them in real life and it's like you are so personable and charming and right. interesting like there are some people who are just I'm sure all of us have all those friends who are bad texters like people who are just not good at the sort of like communication via typing yes. of it all. And so, you know, really don't go in with any expectations or yeah. any pressure on yourself. Another fun thing that I like to do is on my profiles, like sort of have a prompt, like on all my dating profiles, I'm like, give me your uh, most controversial takes regarding movies, mm. music or theater. And, uh, I get a lot of messages from people with like their hot takes and, uh, a lot of them are bad, but <laughs> and and I'll flat out the tell them like that's the horrible. Takes. The takes, the are, takes bad. are bad. Yeah, but the guys are fun because they're it's it's something interesting for them to like jump in with, right? Uh, and so so I find that that kind of works sometimes, and it, it just like starts a conversation. It makes it more interesting than like, hey, how's your day going? Oh, it's fine, blah blah, blah and all that small talk. Mm. Um, Sometimes, like, if, you know, I am on the apps for, like, too long, the small talk does get a little monotonous. Right. So just always take those moments to, to to not be on them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's kind of fun because you, like, you kind of discover that there are certain people who, you, people fall into certain patterns. Like, I find that people, like, with certain professions are, like, maybe, like, really good at app dating yeah. or like good at conversations and other people with other professions like aren't so it's fun and like it's interesting seeing like oh I can tell this talk like this or <laughs> I, I can tell a TV writer from like uh, the second they message me Which, uh, LA just, every other person sure. <laughs> TV writers are rough on like dating apps to talk to because it's like I'm trying to think if I don't I don't remember a, a TV writer coming to mind for me because a lot of them are very much like they go in being like impress me mm. <laughs> like like I'm gonna impress you with my wit and impress like, me back with your wit I and don't like, want to do that I'm tired <laughs> I'm tired like, sorry what's up like how are know. you yeah but, but dating app is dating apps are fun yeah I think. yeah uh, so next question yes comes from Amy hi Amy a Amy says I made it moments 
Hi, Matt Squared. Thanks for asking my answering my question the previous week. I have many, so I will probably be writing once one per week, but feel free to skip my question whenever. That's Girl, funny. keep sending the questions because we, we love content. For email my <laughs> we heart. We do love content. Uh, my question is, what would be your I made it moment? And also, I was listening to your Oscars 2001 2021 breakdown podcast episode where you mentioned you wrote a song for big time rush matt palmer mm. i'm curious if there are any other songs that you've written that have been sung by other artists or if you sang the demo for any song that that are out there in the world thanks mm. amy that's such a good question um there are songs of mine that i've written for other artists but i don't think the other ones have been released i wrote a song well no there's a song that i wrote uh with leon thomas who was unvictorious with ariana grande and I think he's a part of a production duo these days. And I think he produced Honeymoon Avenue for Ariana. Ooh. So very classic song. And uh, I wrote a song on his mixtape EP. Oh, I need to look up the name of it. But if you go on his YouTube channel, it's there. And I'm credited. And so I've worked with him a couple of times. We have a couple of songs that we've written that have not been released. But we're very good. Um, I also weirdly sang a demo on a song that I did not write kind of recently in the past year or so and then when I was in Costa Rica I got an email mm -hmm. that was basically like hey like here's the pre-master of this song we want to like get all the splits together xyz and I'm like what are we talking why am I on this chain like I didn't co-write the song and I listened to the demo of the song as it will be released and my vocals are on it oh and like I'm like the lead vocalist of this song oh. written by a favorite writer of mine uh and I that song might be coming out. I don't know where it all landed. I sent them all that I needed. I was like, as the vocalist, I would like this percent. I'd like it to tie back to my Spotify artist account and my, um, you know, Apple Music artist account. But after that, I they didn't need anything else from me. So I'm like, is this song coming out? Like, it's just odd. But it's wild to have sung a song that someone I love wrote and... It might be coming out of the world. So everyone stay tuned. I can't really say much more than okay, that. Okay, so you can tell me off camera who this writer I is. I can. Okay. Yes. Bitch, why have you not told me about well, this? Well, I just, I forgot. It was, I was oh, in I forgot. I, 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 was I totally in, forgot. I was in Costa Rica and like trying to figure out like what percentage I should say for how much I need to get from this song that I'm singing on. And it was just the whole thing. So, okay. um, so, yes. Okay, so is, was that your I made it moment? Oh, <laughs> I don't know that I've had an I made it moment. I mean, I guess the moment that I, I knew that Big Time Rush was going to sing the song was a big one. Um... You know, moments on this channel are like getting recognized out from this channel. Like when we went to the Kelly Clarkson thing and several people came up to us. That was a moment. Yeah. I don't know that you, I feel like you don't feel like you made it at a single moment and maybe you just wake up and you're like, wait, I guess this is what I'm doing. Wait, and I we've yet it. to wake up that with that. True. <laughs> but I, mean, I believe it's coming. Also, like, I guess the thing with like an artist is like, you, you're never going to feel like you made it. Yes. Like, I mean, look at Taylor Swift. Like, I Taylor know. Swift is constantly, like, Taylor Swift wins two Grammys for album of the year and is the biggest pop star on the planet. And she's still like in her documentary, like you see her not get a Grammy nomination for album of the year for reputation. And yes. she's dead. And she's just like, this just means I have to work harder. <laughs> and you're just like, wait, Taylor, like, like Taylor, you're, you're doing, doing, really, you're doing really well. So I, I guess like as an artist, you always want to push yourself further. Like look yes. at Beyonce. She's just, pushing herself to be better and better and everything. Yes. And so I guess you you never are really like going to be satisfied like and be like, I really made it. I mean, the moment that we don't have day jobs is going to be a nice one. That's, <laughs> that that will be an I made it moment. I made it moment. One day. And also this week for my giving me moments, I will talk about an I made it moment. All right. Yeah. We love that. The Leon Thomas song is called 24-7 if you want to hear the song that I co-wrote with him. It came out in 2012, so it was long ago. Um, but yeah, it's a good song. Okay, yes. great.
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting. Do you have an I made it moment? Uh, or is it giving me moments? You want to talk about it? I would say giving me moments. Well, what's been giving you moments, Matt? Steele? All right. Well, I hope the writer of that New York Times article is listening because this I made it moment that is my giving me moments for this week is a little kinky. Oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Listen, I was supposed to see the movie Past Lives this week okay. when it came out and I ended up not seeing it. So yes. I was like, shit, what do I make my giving me moments? And I'm going to be like, I'm going to make it this. Why not? Okay. We're all adults here, I hope. And so me and uh, my friend were talking about... Uh, we were joking about like websites that like people go to to find nudes of celebrities. Okay. <laughs> and 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 I was like, what are these? Like I've never been to like this. Like what? Like and he's like, yeah. People just type in the name of celebrity. Like, do you have any nudes of this person? Any nudes of this person? Yeah. And like and like you know, people send share them and everything. <laughs> I'm wondering where this is going. And I, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'll go to it now because. I bet there are people looking for nudes of you and Matt Palmer. No. <laughs> no. And he was like, girl. And he sent me two pictures of like screenshots and everything. I hope it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> people need to know I'm taken. Listen. Yes. People probably know you're taken, but okay. they, they're, they're probably just curious. And, and so messages saying... Anyone have any of the famous YouTubers to get Matt's, Matt Steele and Matt Palmer? And then another one saying like, like, uh, what about Matt Palmer? What about Matt Palmer? And another one saying, or Matt Steele. And, and my friend was just, and my friend was just like, unfortunately, no one was able, able to deliver. I think that's (laughs) fortunately because. And I mean, there would be nothing to deliver. I don't know. I mean. Uh-oh. No, no, no full nudes. I've never sent a full nude. Oh, but I've sent like you know some if we're dating and we're doing oh well, things. shirtless yeah, doesn't say, count. Yeah, shirtless, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nude, there, get out of here. Yes. Um, and so that was a moment where I was just like, damn it, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> People are Wait, online looking for nudes of my stupid I, ass. I did something kind of similar, but like had a much worse response. I was looking at we posted a new video that we must say is very good, where we're talking about Mariah Carey's number one hits and like the bracket of it all. And um, I was looking on the analytics and I was like, oh, this a lot of the external traffic is coming from this site called UK Mix, which is one of the boards that I don't really frequent, but like I know about. And so I go to UK Mix because I'm like, what else am I doing? And I like go to the Mariah Carey thread and I go back, back, back. Someone posts our video and it's just like, oh, this is so fun and cute, whatever, X, Y, Z. And like it's inspired me to do my own bracket. And like these are the Mariah songs I want us to choose between the comment right under it. For whatever reason, I really don't like these guys. <laughs> and someone had liked it. So someone else really didn't like it. And I was like, during Pride Month, <laughs> you bitches. You bitches. And then, and then the person who originally posted was like, why? They're fun and harmless and are always so supportive of Mariah. And I'm like, I, yeah. I mean, we are annoying. <laughs> I feel like I've seen on some boards us get posted. And it's usually because it's in an artist thread and where we're talking about how much we love yeah. them. It's usually positive. So seeing that one Mariah fan being like, I don't like these queens. I was like, <laughs> I did see How like, dare. I remember seeing on Twitter like once uh, someone was looking for like reaction videos for Taylor Swift something and someone uh, com- commented being like uh, what about two, what about 2K Mats have you watched theirs and the, the person responded no I find them annoying <laughs> and, and I commented below on Twitter I was just like oh insufferable did they like it? No. Well, they probably didn't Come realize on. that it was me. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was very fun. And so my, me and my brother have this thing where my brother will text me throughout the day just like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, nothing. And I'll just be like, what are you doing? And he'll always respond, waiting for you to become famous. <laughs> Perfect. And so he responded, waiting for you to become famous. And I was just like, well, I'll just have you know, Michael, that there are people online yes. searching for my butt. <laughs> 
And look at this. And I sent him the screenshots and he sent me back. Big whoop. I've been telling you for years that you need to go on these sites under like anonymous accounts asking for nudes of yourself. (laughs) So people will go, who's Matt Steele? Who's Matt Steele? And I was like, oh, you did have that idea before. But this is even better. Someone really wants to see our nudes. Someone really wants it. Yeah. Well. Someone really wants it. (laughs) This was a weird getting me moments, but it's pretty funny. It makes me feel nice that someone someone out there thinks I'm sexy. It's nice. It's nice. And I would like it to all be noted. You never know when you will become a person that people know don't take nudes full nudes of yourself especially with your head in them it's just they will you, be out there they could be <laughs> out there the cloud gets hacked every once in a while and i mean and now it's we're in a more sex positive time of life where it's like i don't think you would lose jobs because you had nudes out there but yeah. like you would if you would not feel comfortable with them being out there just don't take them yeah or crop your head out yeah. All right. Yeah, shirtless picture. Yeah. Wrong. We've, we've all been there. People, you know, go swimming. And exactly. Take I mean, I don't go swimming. but <laughs> Some people do. Some people do. Yeah, so it's fine, you know. Well, for me. Yes. I must say that Little Mermaid, for me, was a lovely experience. Oh, good. I feel like there were certainly things I didn't love about the film. A lack of kink. A lack of kink <laughs> was actually fine for me. I wasn't <laughs> looking for kink in that film, but... I want to highlight the fact that Halle Bailey is a fucking superstar. And I know I've been saying it just from like her American Idol performance. I've been saying it from, you know, just looking at the clips of the film. But so many people who are singers get in a musical, a movie musical, and just like rely on their vocals to carry them through. Because it's like, oh, I'm a vocalist. That's what I'm here to do. Let me just sing my face off. And like, oh, yeah, I guess I have some lines to say. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Which is like what I would do. I can't act. I get it. (laughs) There's no judgment there. But Hallie is an actress. I was feeling everything she was feeling. She may have been, like, I feel like uh, there were moments where maybe, like, the original Ariel had a little bit more spunk or was more defiant. And But, like, I feel like that's more of a director's choice versus Hallie's acting choice. And acting interpretive thing. Exactly. Every interpretation works. I think there was, I thought her chemistry with uh, Prince Eric was so impeccable. I thought... Like, her part of your world is truly outstanding. The reprise is stunning. And how she could act so much of that film without having to even say a word because she's Mm. voiceless. Spoiler, but, like, since 89, guys, get on it. Um, For a large chunk of it, it's just, like, I could still feel her falling in love with him and feel her falling in love with, like, the world around her. They built – it kind of takes place now in the new version and, like, a kind of Caribbean kind of island thing versus wherever – like, the Hans Christian Anderson's, like, Germany or something – Sweden. Uh, Denmark. (laughs) Denmark, sure. (laughs) Some white place. (laughs) And so, but like seeing her move through this world and like have so much joy and emotion and she just truly killed it from the beginning to the end. She's an absolute superstar. There were a lot of great things about the film. I liked Ursula. I enjoyed. I feel like people were hit or miss with her, but I thought Melissa McCarthy did a good job. I also liked the design of the tails. Like Mm. all of her octopus tails were kind of lighting up and things in a way. I enjoyed that. I had I thought Aquafina as Scuttle did a good job generally. That new song is tough. Okay. <laughs> Scuttle the Scuttlebutt. And I get that the point is it's supposed to be annoying or whatever, but like you knocked it out of the park with annoying. <laughs> it, it comes out of nowhere, and I feel like the new Prince Eric song was also kind of nothing. But they they also had a new Hallie song when she was kind of um 
trying to like find her feet and like kind of falling down everywhere and she was singing it it was like the parts in Yentl it literally was that that, where it's like her mouth isn't moving but it's like her inner monologue is playing behind her and that song was pretty good you think they're Um, gonna remake Yentl starring Halle Bailey I don't foresee that you (laughs) never know but I don't foresee it Uh, and then I also got to see the Color Purple trailer before the film started on the big screen (gasps) on the big screen I was like I can't. I cannot believe how quickly I turned from being like I don't care about this to like I can't wait for this movie. Oh my god! There's like not a movie I'm looking forward to as much for the rest of the year. Like and, I'm so excited. And Christmas is so far away. I mean, I always feel like Christmas is just around the corner, of <laughs> just course. around the river bend. Well, Christmas starts for you like September like twentieth. Abs- absolutely, it does. So, okay. <laughs> and it's uh, Matt Steele knows when I'm playing my Christmas music and was kind enough usually not to say anything. Whenever I throw on a Christmas song out loud, Jackson texts me and he's like, "It's June." I'm like, "I know what the month." is sometimes you got to hear miss you most at christmas time but long story short everyone go see the little mermaid it really is lovely even if it's not a perfect film hallie's performance i think is one to watch she's a beautiful actress a beautiful vocalist throughout the film and it was just even though i kept being like oh i really like this exact scene like i like when they're on that boat and then there are fireflies in the water and the thing oh house kiss the girl you know that's my song yes that whole kiss the girl sequence is amazing and i was like oh wow this is so amazing and I, i learned that it was the exact same shot from the animated version but whatever it still is lovely to see in live action and it's lovely to see uh, Hallie's portrayal of Ariel is just winning and all those uh, mermaid sisters were so amazing I love that every single one was like a different race and it's like oh I loved Brandy Cinderella and it was giving me that <laughs> it was giving me that it it's was giving like, Brandy Cinderella it's giving Brandy Cinderella under the sea at that moment and you know I thought Javier Bardem was a little flat what he was a little like Javi. He's a brilliant actor. He was his angry and his happy and his like joyful and his sorrow same face. But I, maybe he just was like, I'm getting the check and it's clearing. I'm not flexing my muscles here. I didn't think he did much of anything. I, I but the thing is, like, how can that New York Times say there is no kink when Javier Bardem is shirtless? He's in, not. Oh, he's they not? put a shirt on him. Why? I know that was a that was tough to see. <laughs> Javier Bardem is so hot. Maybe they have a point. <laughs> Not enough kink. In Not the like if Javier Bardem was shirtless, that would be the. I mean, I still can't say that word in Little Mermaid in the same that's, sentence. Yeah, that's, it's that's so rough. weird. Yeah. But the point is, Javier Bardem is hot, and he should have had his shirt off, and maybe he could have <laughs> done a better job acting. Okay, <laughs> the movie is good. The Sebastian visual and uh, the the um little fish boy Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, what's the name? Jacob Tra- Flounder? Flounder. Flounder. Uh, both were not as off-putting in the film as I found them on the character posters. Okay. And so that was nice. Just uh, just watch the film. I think it's it's more fun and positive than it is a disappointment. And it was I enjoyed it. I love that. I love that. Look at you, cinema man. That's me. I just love cinema. One day you will know the name of the director of Casablanca. Maybe. Michael? Michael? There we go. That, that, you got 50%. Hey. And you'd rather have 50% of him or any percent of him than all of anybody else at all. And that's obviously from Ballroom. Ah! <laughs> what year? A long time ago. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? I don't think so. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. 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 